It's just after 6 o'clock in the big city. It's time for America's favorite Las Vegas sports show, Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah, what up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party! Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada style pub. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance. So get ready because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Ah, Fat Tuesday in Vegas. Always Fat Tuesday here at SportsX Radio. Ken Thompson, PSBR Law Studios in Las Vegas. Strength by your side, the relentless pursuit of justice. Panache Boyle Ravaputi, the best in personal injury, Southern Cal for a long time. Now here, year number four in the Vegas Valley. Over $4.5 billion in verdicts and settlements for their clients the last four and a half years. Doesn't get much better than that. Jot the 702 number down, 830-9353 if you need personal injury in the future. They're the best in the business, 830-9353, PSBRlaw.com. And that's where we originate, Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, PSBR Law Studios. Of course, Wednesday night, tomorrow night, I'll be back, Steiner's Pub. One of three in the Vegas Valley to serve you, 1750 North, North Buffalo and Roger Sachs and company taking care of KT and uh, enjoying the 6 o'clock time slot. And we'll see how it pans out over there at Steiner's. That'll be the first Wednesday or the first, uh, yeah, Wednesday there at 6 o'clock, 6 to 8, our new time slot. So, again, if you miss any part of the show, go to the Odyssey Rewind feature. It's outstanding. It's right there. Download the free app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. And, of course, 101.5 FM, Monday through Friday. And uh, Mark Hoke's show, Mark is not with us tonight. He's uh, got some on-the-road activity. So, you know, anytime some wrestling stuff comes in, every now and then he's able to break away from KT's show. So we don't know, probably not going to be any Oriole Magic music. Now, I don't know. They were tied 0-0 with the White Sox last I looked. But you never know. We may be able to accommodate Mark Benia stepping in as uh, the old pinch hitter. So we don't know. Maybe Hoke will be back. Maybe he won't. We'll just see how it all pans out. We know what happened when Lou Gehrig stepped in the lineup and... uh it could it be Mark Hoke, the old Wally Pip? We'll find out down the line. All right, let's get to uh, Big Tuesday Night. Now, the starting five. Number one. All right, number one, NFL teams down to 53 players. It is tough. When you get there, and they made some cuts yesterday, the Raiders did, and all the other teams, but when you have to get down to 53, you start seeing some names that you're like, oh, my gosh, that guy's gone, that guy's gone. How about Duke Shelley came over? They thought he was going to be a player in that secondary. Sam Webb, he's gone as well. Uh, Let me see, Brandon Parker from the offensive line. He's been a backup for a while. Kind of sad about this one, local flavor. Adam Plant from UNLV. Kids got heart big time. How about guard Alex Bars? He also was cut today. Cole Fotheringham. I would think he would be on the practice squad. He's an outstanding tight end. Had some really nice catches. But the Raiders are pretty deep at tight end, so he fell at that number four and, of course, was uh, battling Horstead and ends up uh, going on the cut list. DJ Turner, real exciting kid. Got to see his family last year when I went to Canton. And I know they're bummed out, but he was banged up, so he's not part of the team. But Keelan Cole gone, Philip Dorsett, Damian Williams, who they grabbed to uh, be in that backfield. But again, the signing of Josh Jacobs, and that kind of set the way for uh, Damian Williams to be cut today. Chase Garbers also let go yesterday, the fourth of four quarterbacks. We'll get into all those Raider cuts throughout the rest of the week as we lead up to that opener in Denver. Number two. All right, the number two thing going on as far as KT's concerned are 
college football quarterbacks because we've got games coming up. Now, we did have week zero, but I got Brad Powers, the best in the business. He's here for week one. But he wasn't sure if it was going to be Devin Brown or Kyle McCord for Ohio State. We got the word today that it will be Kyle McCord, but Devin Brown will play as well. And this Buckeyes team is loaded. I know Brad likes this team a lot. We'll see how much he likes them. Alabama, meanwhile, they've got three quarterbacks battling. Brad says, KT, they're all going to play. Nick Saban, if you missed it, he's thrown the depth chart out the window. Said it's too much of a distraction for the team. So we're going to get into some starting quarterbacks with Brad Powers. Again, he is here. And we also have Coach Troy Calhoun from Air Force. He's going to join us next segment. So lots of college football tonight. A lot of football flavor. Number three. This one I'm kind of bummed. I mean, this is, this is a uh, recognizable name for us old school guys. Former Major League Manager, Coach, Catcher, Pat Corrales, died at 82 years old. This guy was a gamer. I mean, wasn't a great player. Was one of those guys hit a little bit above the Mendoza line for you old school folks. Lifetime average of 216, but he really got into the game as far as coaching and managerial. I mean, Texas Rangers, Cleveland, Philadelphia Phillies, long stint as a coach under Hall of Fame skipper Bobby Cox, passed away at the age of 82. And I always like to recognize these guys. These are guys that I got to see growing up. And, you know, some of those guys that just don't make it as players, a lot of times they turn out to be incredible managers. We see what Bruce Bochy is doing now as a catcher. A lot of times they are catchers. Uh, Some are pitchers, but a lot of catchers end up being very successful managers and, of course, Pat Corrales, he's got that claim to fame that Mark, oh, my producer, will tell you. Back in uh, 1983, uh, he was fired by the Phillies, but he also, uh, he grounded out and made the last out against the Phillies, or I'm sorry, against the Orioles, Mark's Orioles, back in 1970, grounding out to the great third baseman, Brooks Robinson, for that final out in Baltimore's five-game victory. Number four. All right, the uh, 50th year of the U.S. Open. Flushing Meadows being a Grand Slam. So I kind of keep you updated. Yesterday was day number one. Today, day number two. What do we got going on on the men's side of things? Well, Medvedev, Kachanov, Andy Murray, Isner, Vavrinka all cruise on to the next round. Yannick Sinner, the sixth seed, he's up two sets right now, but we did have a couple upsets. Matteo Bertini from Italy takes out number 29, Hugo Umber from France in uh, three sets, 6 4 6 2 6 2. And Arthur Fee from France, he comes up with a nice victory over the Netherlands, Talon Griekspoor, uh, and uh, number 24 seed right there in five sets. So one good one for France and one bad one for France, but that on the men's side. As far as the ladies' side, Madison Key, she had to go just two sets, 6-2, six, 6-4 six, over Arantxa Rue of the Netherlands. Jessica Pogula, we know her family owns the Buffalo Bills. She took out one of the best-looking tennis players on the circuit, Camila Georgie, 6-2, six, 6-2. Two, six, two. Kasatkina, three sets to beat American Alicia Parks. Madison Bringle also loses in straight sets for the Americans, as does Ashlyn Kruger. Clara Towson, three sets to knock off Anastasia Potapova. So that would an upset there. Number 21, Donna Vekic from Croatia goes down to Sacha Vickery from the United States. And Venus Williams, yes, she got in, but she is a quick exit. Loses to Greet uh, Minin from Belgium in straight set 6-1-6-1. So the veteran Venus Williams is out on the ladies' side. I'll keep you updated on the U.S. Open as we go forward all week long. Number five. And number five. Yes, the old Ryder Cup coming up September 29th through October 1st. And it's going to be just outside of Rome, Marco Simone Golf and Country Club. 
And we know Europe's team is going to be pretty darn good. They're going to have the FedEx champion Victor Hovland on that team, along with Rory McIlroy, John Rahm, Terrell Hatton, amongst others. Looks like Fleetwood, Fitzpatrick, Lowry, and Rose will be part of the team as well. But for the Americans, uh, they were... Let's see, qualifying-wise, they've got these guys that had already qualified on their own. Number one, Scotty Scheffler, of course, Wyndham Clark, who had a couple big tournament wins. Brian Harmon, Patrick Cantley, Max Oma, and uh, Xander Shoffley, who finished second in that FedEx Cup final this past weekend. The guys that were picked by team captain Zach Johnson today, Brooks Kepka, Colin Morikawa, Justin Thomas. There's a surprise, because JT has played pathetic golf this year as far as I'm concerned Ricky Fowler the Oklahoma State kid also gets in and Jordan Spieth as well but that's what Zach Johnson was saying I'm going to take some of the older guys chemistry wise blend them with some of the young flavor and we're going to go and try and take care of business the Americans have not won away from America since 1993 when they did it in Warwickshire England with a 15-13 win in the Ryder Cup but there is your American Ryder Cup team all right, so that is your starting five. That is a new theme here at SportsX Radio. Brad Powers in studio. Now, it's a rare Tuesday for Brad. Brad will be with me on Thursday nights. He's uh, telling me, KT, there's better games now on Fridays in college football overall. So he kind of looked into it. Uh, but there's going to be a busy Thursday coming up. And BP, that's because we do have FBS, FCS action, and you're a big FCS guy. And, of course, last night had Coach John Stugelmeyer, of course, for the defending champion, South Dakota State Jackrabbits, right here on the uh, PSBR Law Hotline. It was great, of course, always to talk to Coach Stiggs. But you really got into the FCS action as well as the FBS. You love all the college football. I do, and uh, 20 games on this Thursday, so uh, that's why I won't be uh, here on Thursday, just because I need to, it's first game. I, I need to watch as, as much football as I can so I can get a feel for some of these teams. But uh, happy and excited. It started uh, last weekend, uh, the, you know, some mixed results to say the least. But uh, here, here we go. Finally, it's here, KT. All right, so at Brad Power 7 you can follow him on Twitter. Brad, let's get it out there as far as your service because it's outstanding. Your newsletter not only is the newsletter great, but I love the way that you recap everything. So you let people know. So for people that saw the score UMass over New Mexico State, they're like, wow, UMass. That's all well and good. But they did get out game by 150 yards. And you always have stats like that. I love it to where you look inside the box score. I know you go back and you watch 95% of the games, if not all of them. Uh, but you do bring out stats to where people that just look at the score, they may not have a clue on how that game really went down. Yeah, I mean, it's important, especially when you get multiple misleading box scores in a row. Generally, some of them teams uh, get often overvalued or undervalued in the marketplace because it, it t- people do tend to just look at final scores and not d- deep dive into you know the, the, the actual box score of the game and take it further. I, I mean, I like rewatching games because sometimes even the box score won't tell you exactly what happened because sometimes key penalties that bring a touchdown back or, you know, a, a terrible call by, by the officials that that shouldn't have been the case uh, can be game-changing situations. So, yeah, I like take, putting the extra <laughs> footwork in there just to gain an edge because, let's face it, the market is a lot tougher than what it was even five, ten years ago. There you go. And Brad Powers, prior to the season, week zero kicking off, BP, around 345, somewhere. 365, I counted yesterday. 365. Those were future bets. That's prior to the season going. And some of those are games, games of the year, different games. Yep. Uh, now, what kind of limits do they have 
on most of those games of the year? Is it a nickel? Is it a dime? I uh, mean, it depends on the book. You can get as high, you know, as two dimes on, on some of the games of the year. There you go. And when we talk nickels and dimes, nickel is $500. A dime is 1000 So we'll break it down for you. Uh, Brad Powers, he'll, he'll tweet his tickets out. I mean, the guy is legit as can be. Uh, I would say probably somewhere in the neighborhood. I'm just guessing because I, I didn't count it. I'll say 375000 no, no, not quite that. Uh, probably closer to uh, 275. Okay, so I knew I knew it was a pretty good chunk of change. Uh, a little bit out of KT's uh, wheelhouse there uh, by about 274,000, but uh, still good stuff. Brad Powers, love getting you in, and the best is when I open the door here at uh, PSBR Law Studios. Brad Powers, I go, oh, good, you got your notes again. Comes in with nothing. It's just great. It's all up there in that bowling green valedictorian noggin of yours yeah well it should be i mean i've been working on this stuff for you know six plus months now so if i don't know it now i never will there you go that's what my dad said i remember you know when i'm knocking down you know shots in practice in basketball and he goes well if you can't make them with nobody on you when are you going to make them you yeah know? i mean thanks dad i mean always right there for kt's confidence good stuff uh some sad news real quick before we go to break sad in the fact that this kid was so highly touted and now we don't know if this kid's even going to be able to play college football anymore. Eric Gilbert, tight end, was at LSU, then transferred to Georgia, showed potential, only gotten three games last year, but then transfers to go with Matt Rule over there in Lincoln, Nebraska. And this kid, again, a world of potential, but he gets arrested for burglary and not good. $1,600 worth of stolen items, including vape products, all found, as well as damage to the store that he robbed, $650. He was booked into Lancaster County Jail there in Nebraska. It is a felony there. And uh, he was already, you know, they were trying to get his eligibility because of his second transfer in just a short period of time. And lo and behold, doesn't look like he's going to be playing anytime soon as far as I'm concerned. No, uh, career over, uh, you know. Got to get that guy, that kid, some help. Otherwise, there's going to be even some worse decisions made that'll you know impact his life for the rest of his life. So, but yeah, he's been he's been given multiple chances. This is like three, four strikes. He he's out. Won't be playing ever college football. There you go. Well, we'll be talking a ton of college football with Brad Powers. We've got games on Thursday, games on Friday, games on Saturday, games on Sunday, and a standalone game on Monday Labor Day. We're going to go rapid fire, but first we're going to talk with head coach Troy Calhoun from. Air Force will do that next segment. SportsX Radio 101.5 FM KDON. We're streaming live on that Odyssey app. Again, KT at a new time now, 6 to 8 p.m. You miss any part of the show. Archives are set to go. But Odyssey has a great rewind feature. Use that. It is so simplistic. 101.5 FM KDON. And on that Odyssey app, we are live from Vegas. I'm Ken Thompson. You're listening to SportsX Radio. We'll be right back. Force music. KT coming back. SportsX Radio 101.5 FM. Don streaming live on that Odyssey app. Live from Vegas. PSBR Law Studios. Brad Powers in studio. And on the PSBR Law hotline, one of the most consistent coaches, Colorado Springs. Long time. It's his alma mater. 
Air Force Falcons, Troy Calhoun. Coach, great to have you on the show. Just always appreciate you. Always love talking to you at Media Day over there. And I thought, you know, Circuit did an outstanding job. It was a great setup this year and was able to see you and Troy Garnhart before you guys get out. And I was telling Troy, look, I got to get Coach on the show before the season starts. I know once the season gets going, it's hard to hard to get you. But wanted to uh, try and figure things out. And we got to figure it out for tonight. So thank you for taking time out of your schedule, Coach. Absolutely, Ken. I think, you know, just uh, one, thank you for your service for our country. And uh, and I have to tell you, I mean, just how grateful we are for the Las Vegas area. Uh, how many of our guys that come through our program and uh, they help with the drones out there, uh, or there's certainly a bunch of them have been through Nellis, too. And just uh, what a great, great area as far as uh, just how good they are to our Air Force personnel and all of our service members there in Southern Nevada. No doubt. And I, of course, always uh, pay attention to that Commander-in-Chief's trophy and Air Force. My goodness, you're doing such a great job over there year in, year out. Very consistent job. And uh, a little background for those that don't know, of course, 1985 is when you uh, go to Air Force. If And again, you can correct me, but uh, you were one of two freshmen to letter in 1985 uh, twelve and one team, and uh, or, or I'm I'm not sure if that if that team was twelve and one. I'm actually looking. Uh, you you tell me if that team was twelve and one because I yeah, wrote some notes down. Yeah, they were. I'll tell you, we. Uh, yeah, Ken, I was incredibly incredibly blessed. Uh, was alongside some great great teammates. A team that did win a bunch of football games. Won twelve of them, like you said. Uh, beat uh, beat Notre Dame that year. Beat Texas in a bowl game that year, and. Uh, and yet, as my kids, as my, my own children like to tease me a little bit, they say, you know, Dad, emission standards must have been a lot lower back then than they are now. So that definitely keeps you humble. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, of course, uh, coaching legend Fisher DeBerry. I know you learned a lot uh, from Coach DeBerry because he was one of the best in the business. Year in, year out, you could always count on that guy to have a good, solid team. And, of course, you have uh, gotten that baton now in uh, 16 years uh, but there was uh, before I hand it over to my buddy Brad Powers. There was a guy that I followed that I really enjoyed watching, and he was one of the best option quarterbacks I ever saw play the game. And he wasn't a big guy, but he was a guy that you know. And ironically, when I was doing my research today, it was seven years ago to the day yeah. that uh, D. Yeah. D. Dallas got in a car accident and passed away. But I'll tell you, that kid was something special. I loved watching him play. Uh, I mean, he'd be like one of those kids that, you know, as soon as you, as soon as like four or five people jump on him and take him down, like on the, on the backyard in school and stuff, he'll get right back up and, and call his own number again. I mean, he was that type of tenacity and, and grit. And uh, I just wanted to, because uh, I, I know you knew D, so tell me a little bit just about the type of person he was, because I know he's missed by a lot of people. Oh, yes, Kenny. You know, I I think probably he, he was a guy who played, he was 154 pounds, which is just mind-boggling. And um, and probably candidly, as we've learned a little bit, you know, it might have been, you know, a little bit of CTE that was involved uh, for him, unfortunately. But I, I'll just tell you, an incredibly genuine human being. Uh, I mean, some of the runs, some of the most scintillating instant cut just just the acceleration that he had he was a he was a heisman trophy finalist he was at the downtown athletic club in new york city uh there in december 1989 and uh, he's the reason why i stopped playing quarterback at air force but he was such a great great guy you could never get mad at him 
And of course, uh, you also transitioned over to Athens. My nephew graduated Ohio University as a Bobcat. You were there uh, for several years as well. What was it like uh, going over there? And in fact, in 2000, your uh, Bobcat team, 418 yards per game, pretty good before you transitioned to Wake Forest. Then, of course, Denver Broncos and the Houston Texans with Gary Kubiak. And then, of course, taking over in Air Force 2006. But what about your time there in Athens, Ohio? I'll tell you, Ken, I mean, what a remarkable learning experience. Uh, we inherited a program that was 0-11 uh, the year before we got there, and they uh, had actually uh, were never even within single digits in a game. I think the closest game was like 24-10. And so to truly see how to begin from ground zero, uh, to learn from a tremendous mentor in Jim Grobe, um, but the other part was it was just it was one heck of a school. It was an area of the country where they love football, just, you know, people that meant something to put in an honest day's work and, and the way you respected and you cared for others. So that part was uh, a great, great learning experience and then went from there to Wake Forest and then from Wake Forest to go and work uh, for the Denver Broncos and the Houston Texans. Outstanding stuff. Brad Powers is with me. BP, some questions for Coach Calhoun. Yeah, Coach, uh, 17 years now, Air Force is the head man. Uh, I I know a couple of reasons why you've been there. Obviously, beautiful area of the country. Uh, You get to work with uh, first-class young men year in and year out. But from a football perspective, because I I know throughout your career you've had opportunities maybe to go somewhere else, maybe even at the next level. From a football perspective, why Air Force even after 17 years? Yeah, it's a fair question, Brad. I'll tell you candidly, uh, when I came here, my I really thought, God, can we just go to one bowl game? And uh, and I thought if we could get to one, then maybe it would, you know, you piggyback on that. You know, you have a few more extra practices. You recruit a little better when that happens. And, um, and, and I really thought, hey, we'll be here for about four or five years. That's it. And then you don't want to stay too long at Air Force just because it is a career suicide. <laughs> and yet, my goodness, the more you, the more I was here, uh, the part that I just absolutely fell in love with, as crazy as this is, uh, is the recruiting aspect of it. Uh, I thought we had something to really, we do have something, you know, to offer a young person and their family in terms of, uh, you know, the caliber of degree the academics, the character, and the leadership qualities that are developed while you're here. And then the other part is just how inspiring it is that we have 18-year-olds that probably could go to about any place in the country that they wanted to attend as far as a school. If they chose to be leaders, you know, to, to be officer candidates for our country, and frankly, that, that gets you fired up to come to work every single day. Coach, before we talk about this year's uh, squad, uh, I, I'm always looking big picture, and, and it's been made abundantly clear that the NCAA is trying to outlaw the cut block. And I know your, at least in, in recent memory, your passing offense, more sophistication than the other two service academies. But still last season, seven pass attempts, and I know it's always going to be personnel dependent, but do you see that, how, how much more do you see that changing in the future if they're going to try to, you know, get 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 rid of something that that's been so effective for you guys for multiple decades. Well, I'll say this, Brad. I I am absolutely for anything that improves our game, and that begins with the safety 
of how the game's played. And uh, I, I truly don't believe it was a safety matter just from the standpoint. But I think anytime you go block somebody, as long as they can see you coming to block them, that uh, I don't think that's because you're able to defend that block. I, I'm more concerned about some of the cut tackles uh, where a guy maybe catches a ball in the flat and the corner comes off a hard corner and hits a guy below the waist. That's when a guy is really, really exposed. Now we have been, uh, we've always been able to adapt to, as you said, whoever, you know, is playing for us in regards to our personnel and, and we do want to throw the ball well. I mean, last year we were number one in the country in yards per attempt. We were number one in the country in yards per completion. So when we do throw it, uh, we want to be highly efficient that way. There you go. All right, Coach, uh, before, uh, like Brad said, we talk about this year's squad, just reflect on a couple guys. Hazik Daniels, incredible quarterback, uh, led the, he was the leader there of the team. And, of course, you've got to be able to throw the ball, but you've got to be able to run that ball as well. And then Brad Roberts, what an incredible running back he was. 17 touchdowns, over 1,700 yards on the ground. Those two players will be missed. Reflect back a little bit. Oh, goodness. Uh, <laughs> that, uh, I mean, just, you know, with Brad, um, we've had some really, really good backs here. Um, yet we've never had a guy lead lead the country in rushing the way Brad Roberts did. And just how many hard yards he made. Uh it doesn't sound like much, but there were times where you thought, God, there really wasn't that much there. So you're thinking it's got to be second and eight. No, it's second and six. And that makes a difference in the way you operate. And uh, as humble as he was, how grateful uh, he was to have the group, especially up front that he had with the offensive line here. Uh, just one tremendous young man. And thankfully, He's an officer for our country. And uh, Hazik Daniels, same thing. I mean, the maturity, the poise, uh, another guy that, oh, how lucky we are that he's the second lieutenant in the United States Air Force, was a three-year starter. And so we we are starting over at a bunch of spots. Um, those are the two most obvious. Uh, yet the best thing we can do is, golly, we practice really hard and, that we need to play games. You know, the only way you're going to truly gain the experience that's necessary to grow is at some point we got to go run into somebody else. All right, so before I throw it to Brad, just reflect on the heir apparent there for Brad Roberts, John Lee Eldridge III. Pretty solid season in his own right last year, but I'm sure he learned a lot from Brad as well. He did, Ken. Uh, you know, I think, you know, he's not quite the size that Brad is, so the way we utilize John Lee will be a little bit different. Um, but we believe you have to be able, again, to adapt to who you have. And uh, so I could see it being not only John Lee Eldridge, maybe Owen Burke or uh, Emmanuel Michelle, having a few guys that way. Coach, what I've been so impressed with what you guys have done here, and obviously, you know, 10-plus wins in each of the last three years that have been full seasons, take it with the 2020 COVID year, take that out, uh, has been the offensive line play, and obviously your defense, and specific to the defense, I know a lot of guys in my industry you know, talk about, well, the, the defensive stats are great for Air Force because they're not on the field that much. But then I go back to the last two games a year ago, and yeah, you guys aren't on the field, but a lot of it is your own doing because the last two opponents, San Diego State and Baylor, zero third-down conversions. Can you talk to me about the consistency of the defense? You lose a long-time defensive coordinator a year ago, and you guys don't miss a beat. 
Yeah, you know, Brad, I I, I appreciate you pointing that out. Uh, certainly, we we tend to play a few less snaps on that side of the ball just because of our approach to the game. Uh, but goodness, when you're that good on third down, that's a huge part of it. And uh, I give a great, great deal of credit to our defensive coordinator, Brian Knorr, uh, our entire staff. We're beyond blessed to have a group of coaches here uh, that are highly talented football coaches, yet many of whom are uh, graduates of the United States Air Force Academy and guys that uh, they want to make it better for the next generation. I mean, they we take a lot of pride in being good mentors to not only our guys, uh, you know, to the growth that they make on the field, but hopefully, you know, when it comes to the leadership aptitude that helps them there thereafter too. So, we want to be a solid defensive football team. We know we need to be a complete defensive football team. And uh, and yet more importantly, just, you know, the sum, uh, just the synergy and the teamwork and the esprit, all those good qualities that we want, whether you're serving at Nellis Air Force Base or Creech Air Force Base or anywhere around the world, uh, that we want to contribute to those future squadrons too. On the other side of the ball, obviously the most important position in football, the quarterback position, you're already you're going to be replacing a multiple-year starter. Has anyone really emerged in fall camp, or is there an expectation? Like there is even uh, you know, some of the, the bigger-name schools in college football have kind of, uh, in recent years, uh, have used the first couple of games to figure that out into the season, you know, who that starter is. Is that the approach you're going to take, or has someone really emerged here in fall camp? You know, Brad, two guys, uh, Zach Larrier, and Jensen Jones, those would be the two guys that kind of to what you said, I mean, you know, we're going to get into some games and just kind of see how the game action goes. And I don't feel rushed to make a decision that way. In fact, uh, if anything, I I, I truly believe this might be a year we play a couple of guys. And, uh, you know, if we have two different guys and it is those two guys that have at least 200 snaps, I think we're going to get solid quarterback play. We wrap things up here with Coach Calhoun. Coach, the last thing I want to throw at you, because of the rule changes now as far as uh, the clock not stopping on the first downs, I look when you're playing you know, teams that like to throw the ball, maybe if you have a lead to where these teams are not going to be able to just come back and have that clock stop every time they get a first down when they're playing catch-up, teams like San Jose State. Again, I don't know how the game's going to go, but Cordero's a hell of a passer. Even against USC in a loss, you could see the athleticism and how good he is, and we knew at the uh, Mountain West Media Day he was picked as the offensive uh, preseason player of the year, so we know he's somebody that can sling it around. Uh, But there's some other quarterbacks. Taylor Green's got a pretty good arm there for Boise State, and then Hawaii, Timmy Chang's offense, of course, they're going to be pass first. So an advantage for you with the rule change going forward in games where teams are going to try and come back at you that you're going to be able to use that clock and uh, take care of a little bit more time by getting those first downs and not having to worry about the clock stopping. Well, I I think this can, I I do think it'll have maybe, maybe a tiny impact, but I think it's going to be small from the standpoint that, uh, I think we're truly only looking about six or seven less plays a game and um, which I am a proponent that I do think we need to make our game a little bit shorter. Uh, A lot of times college football games are in the area of 175 snaps where an NFL game is 140. And, you know, in every sport uh, in baseball, the majors, they play at least six days a week and in nine-inning games where colleges, maybe you play four games a week and 
One of them is a seven-inning game, and college basketball is 40 minutes, and the NBA is 48 minutes. Uh, I, I, I do think there's a way where, you know, the other part is probably just being able to captivate fans to a degree, too. I can remember once um, when I was in Denver, I think this was in 2004, and uh, the league came in and visited with us, and they said, hey, we want 90% of our games to be between two hours and 40 minutes and two hours and 55 minutes. That's kind of the sweet spot, the delta. And um, and, and right now our games are a bit too long. Now, we have an incredible game. Uh, it's just you're always looking to make it a little bit better. But to answer your question, I don't think it'll have that big an impact. All right. Coach, really appreciate you on a Fat Tuesday joining us here uh, PSBR Law Studios, we are here. And when you make it in to Vegas next time for Media Day, maybe we can get you in studio along with uh, some of your uh, players because you always bring a couple reps here, and uh, we'll see if we can't work that out. But, Coach, thank you for taking time. You open up with Robert Morris this Saturday, and then Sam Houston, they make their uh, debut, or you know, they're actually their first year as an FBS team, making that transition from FCS and a very proud program. And then you'll open up conference play against the boys from Logan and uh, Coach Anderson, and then go to San Jose State, and that'll be fun against Brent Brennan and that Cordero kid that's pretty darn good on the 26th second of september so a great setup as far as schedule out of the gate coach look forward to following you throughout the season if we could do it again we'll try uh but best of luck and uh, success throughout the season and always appreciate you taking time for sports x radio here in vegas absolutely ken and brad and and i mean it wholeheartedly just the people of southern nevada how much you i mean just golly like i said our guys that are either at creech or nellis and and just our service members there. You guys are in a great, great area of the country. So thank you, and thank you for everybody there in the Las Vegas region. Outstanding, Coach. Thank you for being so cordial. We appreciate you, and we'll do it again soon. And uh, get off to a great start on Saturday at home there in Colorado Springs. We'll talk to you soon, Coach. Thanks, Ken. Outstanding stuff. Coach Troy Calhoun in his 17th year now there in Colorado Springs with Air Force. Ken Thompson, Brad Powers, we're going to take you the rest of the way. Lots to talk about college football. We're going to get into as many games as possible. And, of course, with Brad Powers, there is nobody better to go through them rapid fire. We'll do that when we come back. Sportex Radio 101.5 FMK Dawn. We stream live on that worldwide Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, live from Vegas. Coming right back at you. In touch with the ground. Yeah, a little Roberto Duran Duran coming back. Mark Benia spinning the hits, not Mark Hoke. Mark Hoke is uh, he's on hiatus somewhere. Uh, he's uh, taking in some wrestling activity somewhere. Brad Power's a big wrestling fan, and uh, he enjoys Mark Hoke. And I don't even know how his Orioles are doing. Let me just uh, kind of check that Richard Badge and Finley Toyota out-of-town scoreboard real quick and just jump over there. And uh, well, here we go. We got San Diego 4-3 leading St. Louis. That's top eight. Bottom six. Cubbies up one nothing on Milwaukee. Brewers have won nine in a row. Great pitching matchup there with Steele and Burns. 2-1 to one Atlanta. Charlie Morton's been pitching well. That is top four in Colorado. I'm sure that'll change. Cincinnati with Williamson Cobb with the Giants just underway from San Francisco. And then later on, Arizona and the Dodgers. Kelly and Kershaw. Dodgers, they're hitting big time right now. And uh, they really got to uh, Arizona last night and took care of business 7-4. to four. American League Yankees doubled up on Detroit. So a couple wins in a row for the Bronx Bombers. Baltimore now taking care of business. So 
Mark Hoke goes away, but his Orioles still come to play. Five to one, they lead the White Sox, bottom eight, so three more outs, and the O's will go, I believe, 34 games over 500. What a story. Exceeding their win total a couple days ago on the 25th of August with 79, they hit their 80th win on the 25th of August. Crazy. Houston doubling up on, now tripling up on Boston. Was 4-2, now 6-2. Bottom eight, Fenway. Beat them last night as well. Cleveland up on top of Minnesota, 3-1. Twins well ahead in the AL Central. Oakland up on top early on Seattle. It's just the bottom of the first, but one nothing. Waldachuk on the hill there for Oakland against Luke Weaver for Seattle. Interleague, Tampa pounding Miami. That's bottom nine. Wow, Sandy Alcantara got Lit up big time. Savali pitching a gem there for the Rays that just don't go away. So the Orioles keep winning, but the Rays keep winning as well. Philly, a nice effort. Gave uh, Lorenzen a lot of support. 12-7, to they beat the Angels. 5-3, to Washington. Top nine, winning north of the border in Toronto. Mackenzie Gore against Berrios, the starters there. Texas beat the Mets 2-1, to so that's a couple wins in a row for the Rangers, who have really struggled. But remember, they were down 3-1 to in the eighth last night, and they rallied to get a 4-3 win. And that, you know, helping them get back their, their uh, game out coming into tonight against Seattle. Uh, so pull within a half game, and the Astros are within a half game as well. Seattle's game, again, just underway, so that is pending. And one nothing Kansas City leads Pittsburgh. Uh, WNBA, two games in the books. Washington beat Minnesota 83-72. They cover the seven game stays under. 94-76, Atlanta the Dream. Blow out Phoenix by 18, cover the eight, and the game does get up and over the 160, hits 170, 94-76. The only game still to go. The Sparks have been playing very well of late. They are at home against the Chicago Sky. Uh, that's a 7.30 Pacific time tip-off. Sparks minus 4.5 total, 161.5. So just a few minutes to go, Brad Powers, and we've got some action on Thursday in Kent State. My goodness, Kenny Burns in his first year. Talk about having your work cut out for you. Well, he's going to Gus Malzahn in his third year there at Central Florida. The boys from Orlando transitioning to the Big 12. That is a big-time line at 37 was uh, the number that I saw earlier today. Brad Powers, what about it? Let's get into uh, some Thursday night football, college action, Kent and UCF. I like Kent State quite a bit. Uh, so someone asked me, like, hey, is there anything left on the board to bet? And I'll tell you that what's left on the board to bet are the teams that nobody wants to bet on. Kent State's one of those teams. Northwestern's one of those teams. These significant, huge underdogs are the teams that I'm finding value now. I mean, this I originally bet UCF. It was 27 two months ago. Now it's 37. Big difference. Bet numbers, not teams. Can be Kent State, even though they have zero returning starters. Okay, so someone will be quick to say, well, if you didn't have a 10-point middle, would you still play the game? I still would. My numbers have this closer to 35. Uh, so, yeah, two points. Okay, good enough. NC State, Connecticut, Jim Mora Jr., we know he's done an outstanding job, uh, you know, or at least did an outstanding job last year with a team that, you know, the roster was decimated. And you're looking at that team and saying, ah, this team's going to get buried. But somehow they found a way to beat up a uh, banged-up Fresno State team, and then they kind of ran from there. Jim Moore Jr. in his second year, they finished 6-7, six 6-7 and seven, six and seven because they made it to a bowl game, lost that bowl game to Marshall 28-14. Uh, but Moore Jr. is back. NC State, Dave Doran in his 11th year, pretty solid record straight up. Not going to make you any money against the spread. He's going to cost you some. But what about the Wolf Pack? They are at Connecticut to take on the Huskies. So the Pack against the Huskies. Right now, NC State minus 14.5 at the the Westgate Superbook and 46.5 your total. I'm going to wait and see if a 14 shows. I have already bet Connecticut, but again, bet numbers, not teams. I bet plus 18, but I I made it 16. So if, if you give me a 14 on NC State, that'd be my preference right now. 
All right, Nebraska and Minnesota. This is Matt Rule, his first year. P.J. Fleck now in his seventh year. Hard to believe he's been gone from Western Michigan that long. But as we see from some of the coaches from schools that they used to coach at that were mid-majors, they're quick to go there to grab some of the good players, and we've seen that. That's evident yep. this year on this roster. I, I don't like it. I, I, I feel bad for the, you know, the, the schools like a Western Michigan. You know, you have somebody that has a good season. You're expecting them to come back so you can, you know, make a run and, and hopefully win the Mid-American Conference. Instead, you're getting pilfered, basically, by some of the bigger schools in uh, Minnesota, grabbing some of those players. Chris Ottman-Bell is back as well. Uh, Callie Manis, the quarterback, not bad. You have Span Ford, pretty good tight end. Yep. What about Minnesota? We know their running game has always been solid over the last decade. You lose a guy like Ibrahim, you feel like, oh, they're going to take a step back. Nah, I don't think so. I, I mean, they've recruited that position well. they got a couple of four-stars. they got the transfer from Western Michigan. I think they'll be fine running back. Wide receiver, I think they're fine. Uh, keep an eye on Elijah Spencer, a transfer from Charlotte that I think can play. Uh, honestly, it's the offensive line that's a question mark for me. They lost a couple of key guys on the interior. If they have that question answered, I think they're the play. All right, so right now minus seven, 42.5 your total. I don't – I mean – I laid six. I mean, low total. You don't want to be laying too many points, but I do think there's a play here. I actually think, KT, if you want to get out in front of it, it closes eight. Okay, so still value there at seven to where you think worst-case scenario may be a push, but you feel you're going to be plus plus a point. I'm telling you, it's 90% more likely it closes above seven than below seven. Good stuff from Brad Powers. Uh, The Huskers, real quick, Matt Rule, you know, that Gilbert stuff that went down – off the field, that's a major distraction. And, uh, you know, especially when you get a talented kid uh, coming over that, you know, is a five-star tight end and uh, somebody that really could have helped out on the field. But what about Jeff Sims transfers over from Georgia Tech? Uh, what do you expect from Nebraska under Matt Rule in his first year? Yeah, I think the market's too optimistic on him. I bet under six and a half wins. I love the Matt Rule higher long term. Short term, I mean, you look at this first year at Temple, first year at Baylor, it was abysmal. And I, I'm not saying it's going to be that bad this year because, I mean, they've been close. They've been on, you know, the verge of breaking through under Scott Frost. And now they got better coaching. But I just don't like this year's talent level with the roster. And the, the matchup to look out for is their defensive front might be starting to pair a freshman a true freshman in their first game against that size, that Minnesota front on the offensive line, that would be a major mismatch. All right, and then uh, Jeff Sims, though, what what's your take on him? Because another guy that pretty inaccurate passing-wise, but yeah. comes from a run-first, pass-second team in Georgia Tech, and uh, do we see him throw the ball more than he did at Tech, I would think, but uh, uh, you know, he's got athleticism. Uh, he does. You know. I just need more consistency. Uh and look, for my quarterbacks in today's day and age where mistake is everything, I, he needs to cut down the interceptions. Haven't seen it yet. Maybe a, a new place for him, a new lease on life, but we'll see. All right, so Nebraska and Minnesota again right now. Golden Gophers minus 7, 42.5. That'll be a 5 o'clock kickoff on Thursday. Uh, the Kent State, Florida State, uh, Central Florida game, that's at 4 o'clock. That'll be the opener on Thursday at 4.30 Pacific time. NC State at Connecticut. And then uh, at 5 o'clock, another big game. That is Florida and Utah. But we're not going to get into that game right now because we only have uh, less than a minute, less than 40 seconds before we get out for this break. So we'll come back. We'll start it off 
with that game. Of course, Bill Riley, the voice of Utah, joining me last night, weighing in a little bit. But that game is at Rice Echo Stadium. It is a revenge game for Utah. Florida, of course, taking care of business in Gainesville. And uh, we'll wait and see if Utah and Cam rising. Again, right now that line sitting Utah minus 645.5. Brad Powers thinks rising will not play, but we'll discuss that. That'll be the first game on topic when we come back. Hour number two, SportsX Radio. We're rolling on PSBR Law Studios here in Las Vegas. 101.5 FM Don streaming live on that Odyssey app. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Download it now. Live from Vegas. Coming right back. Hour number two. Coming right up. Welcome back from halftime. It's just after 7 o'clock in the big city. Time to continue America's favorite Las Vegas sports show. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rabaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada style pub. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance. So get ready because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Now. Uh, hour number two on a Fat Tuesday, KT Live, PSBR Law Studios here in Las Vegas. Strength by your side, relentless pursuit of justice, the best in personal injury, PSBR Law, Panache Boyle, and Ravaputi, Raul Ravaputi, big-time Buffalo Bills fan. He's looking forward to the NFL. Panache, Panache Family Stadium for you high school football fans over there at St. John Bosco, one of the best programs. And I remember going to watch Bryce Young who, of course, is now the Carolina Panthers quarterback and played at Alabama. But he was at modern day when DJ Uyangalele, who now is Oregon State's quarterback, was there at St. John Bosco. So I got to watch some of those games. But it is Panish Family Stadium right there on the campus in Bellflower, California. And uh, Brian hopefully will be in studio sometime soon when he makes it into Vegas. goes back and forth, but he is a senior partner there at PSBR Law. Uh, my good pal Mark Benilla running the board. Mark Hoke is out tonight, but his Orioles taking care of business, which is good. He's uh, going to be a happy camper. He's following his wrestling right now, and he does a great job on his wrestling show. If you like professional wrestling, you'll love the Mark Hoke show. That is Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. right here on KDON and also on that Odyssey app. Uh, just update a couple things before Brad and I get going heavy into the college football because we're going to go rapid fire to get through all these games if we can. Uh, still Cubbies one nothing bottom seven now at Wrigley over Milwaukee. And that's a big game in the NL Central because the Brewers on that nine-game winning streak have opened things up a little bit. But the Cubbies are hanging in there and, of course, looking forward to hopefully being one of the wild cards. We know Philly well on their way. Uh, Giants trying to get going. They're playing Cincinnati. Those two teams are battling for wild card as well, and uh, no score bottom two there up in the Bay. 5-3 to three San Diego, and their luck is pretty much run out unless they have a uh, September where they go 27-3. and three. They're not making the postseason. The Friars, big disappointment, but bottom eight, they lead St. Louis. 5-3 to three, the score there. Uh, just about to start, Arizona and the Dodgers. Again, Kershaw going off a minus 186 at the Superbook. 7.5 year total. 9-1 to one now, Orioles top nine. So uh, that magic music, there you go. There, that's it. That's, that's hoke from a distance, man, I'm telling you. 9-1, to one, the game actually getting up and over the total of nine. So if you had the Orioles in the over, easy money with Dean Kramer who's going to get his 13th win of the year. And this Orioles team just not losing. 6-2 to two, Houston now bottom nine, putting away Boston. 
Houston. Minnesota still down at home, four to one to Cleveland. That is top of the eighth, three nothing. Now Oakland surprising Seattle. Now if Seattle loses that game, you will have a three way tie between Houston, Texas, and Seattle in the AL West. Tampa held on uh, easily and beat Miami 11-2 the final there. Philly 12-7 knocked off the Angels 5-4. Washington gets it done. Toronto rallied bottom of the ninth but couldn't get the equalizer 5-4. Washington gets the W and Toronto right now on the outside looking in as far as the wild card. So the Blue Jays better get going or they're not going to make the postseason. Told you Texas doubled up on the Mets 2-1. Two, two wins in a row now for the Rangers that had lost 9 out of 10. And KC up on top of Pittsburgh one nothing. That is top 8. WNBA that last game about to tip off again. The Sparks minus four and a half, one sixty one and a half at home against Chicago. Atlanta dumped Phoenix by eighteen and Washington by eleven over Minnesota. Both get the cover in those games. Let's go back to college football and pick it up with my good pal Brad Powers again uh, at Brad Power Sports and uh, well Brad Power Sports. That's the service and at Brad Power Seven is the uh, Twitter handle. But Brad, about your service so that people can get it out there and get involved because. You, again, you play a lot of games, but you will be on top of these lines when they come out, college football lines, for the following week on Sunday. So you get the uh, information to your people as quickly as possible if they're on that VIP list. Absolutely. So, I mean, a lot of I do better with volume. I'm one of those people that, you know, if you ask me, give me one bet to make. Like this past weekend, the Notre Dame Navy over, I don't have good fortune. But, if, you know, through repetition, through volume, through many bets, I do have an edge, so if if you're interested in volume and you can afford it, I would argue most people shouldn't buy picks, uh, then then you can check it out, bradpowersports.com. All right, great. So we left it off on game 147-148, the last of four on Thursday, Florida and Utah, and speculation, talking to Bill Riley last night, he didn't sound real confident as far as starting quarterback Cam Rising playing. The line was uh, anywhere nine and a half, nine, maybe as high as ten when it opened. Right now at Circa and at the Superbook, it is sitting at minus six. Florida, uh, the underdog, of course, forty-five and a half year total. And so, if Rising doesn't go, then uh, we're looking at probably Bryson Barnes going and uh, Nate Johnson. Those two guys. Uh, look, the running game pretty solid with Jackson, Bernard, and Glover. That's a you know. Three-headed monster, it's pretty good. Vele and Parks, pretty good. They bring Matthews over to help the receiving core. We know Brant Keithy's going to play this year more than likely, uh, but he won't be ready to go in this Thursday night game. But the defense is legit, and uh, they've got playmakers. There's no question. They've got some players, and uh, they bring over uh, a transfer from Stanford as well to help out that linebacking core. Talk to me about Utah against Florida, because I don't think you're too high on Billy Napier's team. I'm not. I mean, there's a reason why the win total is five and a half, and I didn't run to bet the over. So I think this could be a, a losing season for Florida. I, I don't like the personnel, uh, particularly at wide receiver. Uh, quarterback Mertz doesn't do much for me. Offensive line, I'm not too impressed with that. So the entire offensive operation, I'm not impressed. And the defense actually struggled last year. I do like his defensive coordinator. He's a young kid. Armstrong's his last name. He's 28 years old. Future superstar there. But uh, other than that, I mean, if it, if Utah was playing somebody else I really liked, I'd have my biggest bet of week one fading Utah. I think this line closes four or less. So if you want to get in front of a line move, if you can suck up uh, and bet Florida, uh, go ahead. I think you, I don't think Rising is going to play. All right. Uh, there's a bunch of FCS, FBS games on Thursday, and then there's FCS, FCS games. Yeah. Is there any one game, I know the line's not out yet, uh, concerning FCS teams, but is there any one game that you're focused in on to where you think you're going to have an advantage? 
or do you, or do people just have to, I mean, is there, is yeah, there, I, I don't want to, I don't want to have you tip your hat. I'm sorry. No, it's all the, the number dependent. Uh, it's all number dependent. Yeah. I mean, there's some games I have circled, but, but we'll see uh, when the numbers come out. I have no idea. Here's the thing, KT. I have no idea what book's going to come out first with this market. So it, it's really dependent on the book. Some books are sharper than others. All right. There you go. All right. We do have, uh, some you'll the know, boys. KT. Yes. You're, you're on the, you're on the, I'm on the VIP. I'm on the list. There you go. I'm on. This is one time that KT is actually on the A list, and uh, very thankful to his good friend Brad Powers. All right, let's uh, look at the four games on Friday: Battle of Miami, Miami of Ohio against Miami of Florida. Hurricanes at home minus sixteen and a half, and uh, didn't know about the weather if that's going to come into play and uh, maybe get some of that inclement weather there with uh, Tropical Stormy Dahlia uh, heading. You know, right there throughout the state of Florida, 45-year total. Miami of Florida, though, with Cristobal, he's under pressure to win and win now. He is, certainly. And, and they're a much-improved team this year. I like this coordinator higher. I like his defensive coordinator higher as well. Uh, the number one storyline here is the health status of Tyler Van Dyke, 50-50, uh, whether he's going to play or he isn't. I think it, I think he does play, but he's not going to be 100%. He, he uh, banged up his thumb in practice last week. So uh, I took a little bit pizza bet on Miami, Ohio, plus the points. Brett Gabbert uh, and Avion Smith, your quarterbacks. Uh, who is, is yeah, it I expect be Gabbert? Gabbert to be the guy. All right, and what do you expect from Miami of Ohio as far as in the MAC? Any uh, can they do any damage there? I bet over six and a half wins, and depending on how hurt Curtis Work is, I don't think Curtis Work's hurt that bad. But uh, you know, they're, they're that second team in line there in the East Division. There you go. Avion Smith actually uh, 1,299 yards, 11 touchdowns, five interceptions, but Gabber came in, didn't throw a pick, threw for over 800 yards and four touchdowns. So Brad figures he's going to get the go-ahead there, and we'll see how uh, Miami of Florida rebounds off a miserable season under Cristobal last year. All right, let's go to the next game on the docket there, and we've got Central Michigan and Michigan State. Sparty, Chris Wynn, my good pal, He's uh, an East Lansing boy, and he loves Spartans. But I'll tell you what, Mel Tucker, hard to believe he's in his fourth year already. Wow. Uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize. It didn't seem that uh, that long, but that's what happened during this COVID, COVID stuff. You know, all of a sudden you lose time. And uh, Michigan State right now, they're minus 14 at the Superbook, 45-year total against Central Mission. Jim McElwain, he's in his fifth year over there for the Chippewas. Yeah, a lot of negativity around Michigan State. Mel Tucker after last season. Um, Central Michigan didn't have a good season either. You know, I there's a lot of sharp people on Central Michigan. I'm not one of them. I I gonna see if this goes down below 14. I'm gonna take Michigan State. I've already bet Michigan State at 14. So 13 and a half. We're talking about that will be a VIP pick. I'll just put that out there. All right. So Jalen Berger, the transfer from Wisconsin. Uh, running back. What about what do you know about Noah Kim, uh, the quarterback? Uh, he and Hauser are any good? I mean, I'm... that's the concern. No, I don't think either one's that good. Watching spring, I still thought Thorne was the best quarterback, so I'm concerned with that. I do like the running back also from Connecticut. That's going to be a, a good ball player for them. Carter, Nathan Carter is going to have a big year for him. I like their defensive line. I think they eat up and chew up Central Michigan's offensive line. All right, Louisville, Georgia Tech. Interesting game here. Louisville with uh, Jeff Brom back at his alma mater, his first year leaving Purdue, and always liked his innovative mind. And, of course, Brian Brom, his brother, will be the offensive coordinator. Brent Key in his first year there for Georgia Tech, and we already talked about Sims transferring to Nebraska. Uh, Zach Pyron actually lost the job to Haynes King, yep. the transfer from Texas A&M. Uh, Key went 4-4-1. and one. He's got a couple of offensive coordinators in Faulkner and Wenke. Chris Wenke, we remember from Florida State, and uh, the Panthers there in the NFL. And then Shacker and Thacker and Scherer are uh, your defensive coordinators there for the Rambling Wreck. 
Uh, Brian Brom's got a couple defensive coordinators as well with Hagan and English. Your take on this one uh, with Jack Plummer now leading that offense for Louisville. So Brom knows him pretty well from West Lafayette. Yeah, I'm pretty optimistic, not only this year, but uh, long-term on Louisville uh, with Brom, perfect hire. Uh, I kind of actually secretly kind of like the Brent Key hire. They played really hard for him at the end of last season. He made a couple of good coordinator hires. Didn't bet the side. It's barely moved at all, all summer long. Uh, Took a little bit uh, on the under, but uh, wasn't at the current number. It's kind of a pass, but it is a game I want to watch because it is a conference game. A pair of Power 5 teams relatively competitively matched. That's a game that you take notes and see if you can find some value week two, week three. Yeah, a couple of solid uh, secondary players for both teams. Uh, Georgia Tech with LaMiles Brooks and then Jarvis Brownlee Jr., excellent cornerback there for the Louisville Cardinals. And they've got an outstanding center as well in Brian Hudson that will get the ball back there to Plummer. And right now, that game against sitting Louisville, minus 7.5 on the road against Tech. Georgia Tech, uh, the total is 48.5, and and that's a low. I'm seeing a couple 49s out there, but 48.5. Did you do anything with the total in this one? I bet under, but it's moved over a touchdown. There you go. And, of course, Brad plays these when they came out. So they've been these lines have been out for a while, so there'll be a big discrepancy on a lot of stuff. Uh, Out of all the games that you played that are going down week zero, week one, has any – Point spread moved against you? Oh yeah, yeah. Because I, I bet like ninety of them. I right. think about ten have moved okay. against me. All right, not, a lot. Okay, I mean, well, that's still, a lot for me. I know. Yeah, but no, and I don't eighty like out of ninety. I'll take it. Yeah, <laughs> BP. I'll take it. That counts totals. So sides don't move ten. Usually move against me too much. All right. Now I remember you saying, if Hawaii looked like a team that. And you said last year they played really hard for Timmy Chang after they yeah. got their doors blown off the first three games. They they stayed together as a team. And if they can move the ball, you said, you know what, maybe get on them against Stanford. And you were right on. The line open was Stanford minus 10 and a half. It yeah. is down to three and a half now. And I remember as that game was going, initially, even though the line got, the spread got up to 21 in the game, Hawaii actually had a chance, but they turned it over on downs, I think, uh, you know, late or an interception or something when they were going in to potentially tie the game. They ended up losing by seven. So they covered the game uh, easily against uh, you know, Vanderbilt on the road after losing 63-10 to 10 to the Commodores last year on the island. That line dropped big time. So a full touchdown drop, but you said it. You said the, the line will be up in a lot of places. If you see Hawaii and they look like they can move the ball – Get on them. If they don't, then take a shot maybe at Stanford because you're going to see the line uh, potentially go up. But it went down in a big way, and you were dead on. 58 is the total right now. Timmy Chang looks like he's got a quarterback that can get the ball out there. We thought that Shager uh, was a kid that can throw the ball. And I'll tell you what, that kid Ashlock was a Mountain West player of the week. He had a huge game receiving-wise there for the Rainbow Warriors. They played with a lot of heart. They didn't get the W there in uh, Nashville, but nonetheless, do you think they win this game straight up against Stanford? No, I'm waiting for three to bet Stanford, believe it or not. I don't think it's a good spot for Hawaii, to be honest with you, KT. Remember, that game was delayed. Right. Nashville played late. Didn't get over until about midnight, Eastern uh, Eastern time. Got to fly so, all the way back. Yeah. Fly all the way back. And it's a Friday night game, so you already got one day less. So it's almost like two days less because you, you, you're sl- sleep-deprived on Sunday. So, um, no, I kind of like Stanford now. Again, bet numbers, not teams. Uh, wait for a three and take the Cardinal. Troy Taylor, he's his own offensive coordinator, the first-year head coach there for the Cardinal, and Bobby April the third is your defensive coordinator. What about Stanford? How oh, it's much a really, do you expect? This is a bad team. I mean, I would make a case that this might be the worst Power 5 team in college football this year. Uh, wow. Total rebuild. 
I do like the long-term prospects. But keep in mind, transfer portal is horrific for a school like Stanford. Unlike you know the Lincoln Rileys, the Brian Kellys, Deion Sanders, bringing in a bunch of transfers, can't do that at Stanford. They only got a couple guys. They are well below the 85 scholarship limit. This is a team that went total open three and a half, got pounded to two and a half, and people are still betting under two and a half. Wow, great stuff from Brad Powers. I'm telling you, it doesn't get much better than that. Texas State and Baylor will start us off as far as rotation-wise. Number, it's a 4 o'clock Pacific time start there in Waco. Uh, Baylor minus 28, 61 year total now at the Westgate Superbook. There are plenty of 27 and a halfs. If you like Baylor, uh, you can still get down. But G.J. Kinney, his first year, former quarterback, uh, college football, remember watching him play at Mizzou, I believe it was, and Dave Aranda now in his fourth year there at Baylor, of course, the former defense coordinator for LSU. Talk to me a little bit about the Baylor Bears because their schedule not easy. They got Blake Shapin coming back, Reese in the backfield pretty good. They've got playmakers. And what do we know about Texas State under GJ Kinney? Does he have any offensive weapons? Something magic happens every time you go. You make the magic happen. The magic of Orioles baseball when the game is close. And the yokes are hot There's a thundering roar from 34 To give it all they got And you never know Who's gonna hear the call Every game has a different star That's the magic of all I'm trying to do the letters and uh, rather pathetic, but I always get the O right to start things off. And uh, Mark Benia playing that for my producer, Mark Hoke, who is not in the studio tonight. But the Orioles win again, 9-1 to handily, take care of business against the White Sox, 83-49, and 34 games over 500, 41-24 and on the road, 42-25 and at home. Phenomenal season. Tampa Bay. Despite losing two pitchers, including their best, McClanahan, they win again. Both teams now have won nine of their last 11. Tampa Bay, 81-52. and 52. They have the second-best record in the American League. Uh, they are the front-runner as far as the wild card. And uh, we're just keeping an eye on Seattle. They were losing to Oakland. And, again, we're keeping an eye on that game. Why? Now, look, the uh, Seattle Mariners have been playing incredible baseball. At the end of the day, if they lose this game, you're going to have a three-way tie in the American League West because Texas and Houston have already won, and they both started a game behind Seattle. Seattle's still trailing 3 nothing to Oakland. That is bottom three from the great Northwest. Heck, what the, maybe get involved in-game and take a shot on Seattle. They've been playing great ball, but they're not going to win them all, but they've won a bunch of them of late. Pittsburgh 5-1 now on Kansas City. They put a five-spot up in the ninth, still batting. The Pirates taking care of business, trailed that one one nothing. Meanwhile, the Padres, they blew that lead. It's now 5-5, top 10 in St. Louis. one nothing. Cubbies still bottom 8, lead Milwaukee. Brewers on that 9-game winning streak will have to rally in the ninth. Atlanta 3-1, top 6 at Colorado, 2 nothing. Giants draw first blood at home against Williamson and Cincinnati. That's top 3. And Arizona and the Dodgers underway, no score, bottom 1 there. Cleveland leading Minnesota 4-2, now bottom 9. Twins trying to rally in that one. 
And uh, that is it. Everything else is final. Gave you those scores earlier. And again, Chicago and L.A. about to tip off in the WNBA. Sparks minus 4.5, and half. Ken Thompson with Brad Powers at Brad Powers 7. Brad Powers Sports is the service. He's got two different services. And Brad, when does your newsletter come out for the uh, folks that purchase? comes out Monday night this year. That's something different. Uh, Monday night, a couple days earlier, because I'm not writing up every game anymore. I just don't feel like pulling all-nighters anymore. I'm old. I turned 40 this year. You're old. Uh, yeah, so You're I've gotten kidding. old. I'll put it that way. There you but, well, that's, that, that's different. But yes. I think it's advantageous. I know a lot of people miss the write-ups, but getting my stuff and information as early in the week as possible is most advantageous to you. There you go. So Satchel Page said, uh, great pitcher. From the Negro Leagues that finally made it into the major leagues later on in his career said, if you didn't know how old you are, how old would you be? Mm. So I'm thinking, KT, I think I'd be 40. I would be yeah, right you, there. You're, yeah, I'm the opposite, 60. There you go. Beautiful. All right. Yep. Trading places. Yeah. Uh, Benia there uh, t- t- chiming in there. He's going to fall right in the middle at, at the big 5-0. All right. East Carolina and, Hugh- and uh, Michigan. I was going to say Michigan, uh, Houston. East Carolina. 36 big ones they're getting from Michigan, 51 and a half the total. Look, this is a Michigan team that we know they can move the ball, and they get Blake Corum back. He, of course, missing the postseason last year, but Donovan Donovan Edwards stepped up nicely. J.J. McCarthy really looked good, the quarterback, and that's why McNamara transferred. He ends up at Iowa. They've got receivers, Roman Wilson, Clemens, Johnson. Uh, Defense pretty darn good. What about this Wolverines team? Is this a playoff team? And what about East Carolina? Are they good enough to stay inside five touchdowns? Yeah, I think this is the best Michigan team. Uh, even better than the last two years that have made the playoffs. They're just, you know, bigger, stronger, faster, deeper. Uh, but I don't like them in this one. Uh, clock moving. Michigan, yeah, you're gonna, they're going to move the football. Yeah, that might be bad if they're running the football. The clock's winding and winding and winding, even with first downs. And I'm actually concerned not because of hardball, but it's the one-two punch of not only hardball, but the OC's out for the game, too. Give me East Carolina plus 36. All right, there you go. Bowling Green, that's your alma mater, taking on Liberty. Liberty, a new coach coming over from Coastal Carolina. Jamie Chadwell in his first year. Scott Leffler is fifth year now there for Bowling Green, your alma mater, 13 and 29 straight up. Liberty Flames now uh, part of Conference USA, right, in there yep. with Western yep. Kentucky. And uh, then you got Bowling Green in the MAC. Uh, Connor Bazelak, I remember that kid from Missouri. Talk to me a little bit about your alma mater, Bowling Green, and that line right now, Liberty minus 9.5 in Lynchburg, Virginia, 50 the total. And I will tell you, SportsX Michelle is getting her Ph.D. from Liberty. Yeah, so the sharpest betting public group out there took BG plus the 12, so you got to respect that. I like Liberty from a numbers perspective. I'd rather lay the 9.5, but I am concerned for two reasons on Liberty. Haven't had a good fall camp injury-wise. Four guys in their two deep out for the season, and unfortunately a player died for them, and I think that's an extremely negative impact when, when you're dealing with kids because then you start questioning how important is football. I saw San Jose State, dominant start to last year. Unfortunate player death, mm-hmm. and they just it, – it was good night, Irene, the rest of the season. They weren't the same team. Yeah, no doubt it's going to shake up. Anybody, uh, especially that young, not going to be able to deal with that without having a hiccup or two. Arkansas State at Oklahoma, Butch Jones in his third year. My goodness, I thought this guy was going to be a really solid coach. Uh, five and nineteen over there for the Red Wolves. Uh, Blake Anderson, of course, transitioning to Utah State. Oklahoma, Brent Venable's second year. We know what a great coordinator he was defensively over there at Clemson. Uh, really took it on the chin last year in Norman. He better win this year, or he'll be uh, back to being a defense coordinator somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Oklahoma minus thirty six and a half in Norman, fifty eight year total. Ton of money on Oklahoma in this one. Uh, I'm not a part of it though. So, I uh, mean, if it continues to climb, I actually take Arkansas State. 
uh, your take on Dylan Gabriel because I always liked him and I know he got banged up and I, and he and he hurt the knee a couple of years ago or a year ago or whatever and 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 maybe not the uh, the same speed but th- the kid's got talent. There's no question. I made eleven Heisman bets. Ten of them are quarterbacks. One of them was not a single one of them was Dylan Gabriel oh, okay. as far as the ten Heisman. All right, I almost said yeah, he's one of them. There no, he go. wasn't. Yeah, that was kind of the <laughs> yeah. old the old show. No, yeah. yeah, the old t- yeah. show to tell the truth. Mark yeah. and I can relate to that. Where yeah. where the guy'd get up and halfway yeah. up and then he'd sit back down. He'd yeah. like he'd have you and I'd be like yeah yeah that's it. Uh, and then my dad yeah. go no that's 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 wrong KT yeah. you, you jumped the gun again. Ohio State Indiana talked about uh, McCord. He will start the game. Uh, Devin Brown will play in the game as well. Uh, you look, Day has done an outstanding job there. This is a team that should have probably won the national title last year. They had Georgia on the ropes big time, somehow lost yep. that game. Ohio State minus 30, 59 your total. Uh, Allen, you know, his teams are slipping there in Indiana. Uh, Taven Jackson and uh, Soresby were battling it out quarterback wise. What about the Hoosiers? Can they, uh, with Josh Henderson in the backfield with Lucas, can they do anything to hang in this game in Bloomington against a first game regular season starter there in Kyle McCord? Yeah, you know, 30 is kind of a dead number, so let's see if we can get a 31 with Indiana. I want to take it with the Hoosiers. All right. Fresno State, Purdue. This is uh, the first of two games for Coach Jeff Tedford. Uh, in his fifth year, of course, this is his second term there with his alma mater, Fresno State, as uh, Tedford's got a pretty uh, tough schedule, you know, a couple road games, but at Purdue and at Arizona State, and he's going to go against two first-year head coaches. So he'll go against Ryan Walters, a defensive coordinator from Illinois, who transitions over there to West Lafayette, replacing uh, Brom. And uh, you look at this Boilermakers team, they got Hudson Carr, the old Texas quarterback, Maccabee, pretty good running back. Uh, what about the Boilermakers? At home against Fresno State, we know Mikey Keene and Logan Fife were battling it out. And uh, Coach Tedford here at Media Day at the uh, Circa didn't tip his hat to who was going to win that job. He thought Fife was hanging right there with Mikey Keene. Yeah, it's going to be Mikey Keene. Uh, with that being said, I think Fresno State and the under, the sharp sides, but not at the current numbers. Going back to Indiana and also Purdue, didn't get to see their spring games. I, I, would, I mean, their, their rosters are overhauled, so there's kind of uncertainty even for me. All right, uh, Akron and Temple. Uh, these teams used to both be in the bat and MAC, but not now. Temple, of course, in the AAC. Uh, Temple minus 10 in Philly, 56-and-a-half. And we know E.J. Warner, Kurt's kid, is running the show there. And he played the best he could last year and had a couple pretty good games. Akron, D.J. Iron still there to run the show for the Zips. But, my goodness, they, they were the Zips last year. What about Akron? Uh, right now, Temple minus 10, 56 and a half your total from the Superbook. Yeah, I made a couple bets on Temple in this game, but man, 10 now would be the number I would make it. I'll give you something, KT. Bu- okay. Bubba Ar- Arcelanian for Akron. Okay. Ain't playing this year. Decided to quit. So that was something, you know, he's uh, slated to be the starter post spring. I just started deep diving into Akron because I kind of like the over in this game. And uh, one of the reasons I would like the over is that they're, you know, <laughs> the first team All Mac linebacker decided to quit in June. Wow. Unreal. Yeah, Supplemental just, draft. That's it. All right. Meanwhile, the uh, boys from Northern Illinois, the Huskies, they are going to be at Boston College against Jeff Halfley and the Eagles. Uh, this is a BC team that gets back. One of the best offensive linemen, right guard Christian Mahogany, is back with BC, and they are at home in Chestnut Hill, minus 8.5 against Rocky Lombardi. We remember him from Michigan State days and, of course, doing a pretty good job there in Northern Illinois. It's a pretty proud program, and the boys from DeKalb always game – 
Eight and a half. Is that too low? 51's your total, or is Northern Illinois good enough to hang inside a touchdown? Yeah, market, the sharp money's on Northern Illinois, uh, but I, I go the other way. I think Boston College offensive line might be the most improved unit in all of college football. Not just offensive line. I'm talking running backs, wide receivers, all of it. So I think that gives them some value here. I'm going to take BC. Boys from Blacksburg took it on the chin big time. Brent Pry in his first year, three and eight. My goodness, how uh, Beamer ball has fallen off the map. They're going to take on Old Dominion. Ricky Ronnie in his fourth year there. Old Dominion, what a great FCS program. And uh, now transitioning to that uh, D1. And uh, right now they're catching 16 from the boys from Blacksburg, 47 and a half. Is that too many for VT to lay, or are they good enough to – uh, maybe with Grant Wells, we remember him at Marshall, uh, quarterback there. Is this uh, team going to pick it up a notch? I, I made the number 16, so it's right where I made it. I did lay 12, 13, 14 with VT. Here's a, keep an eye on the total. Uh, ODU brings in the Fordham offense coordinator. Really good offense coordinator. You saw Fordham's mm-hmm. offense be terrible last week in week zero. But against Ohio last year, they put up like 52 points. I think tempo from ODU, so I'm going to go over the total. Kentucky at home in Lexington, minus 26, 49 and a half against Ball State. Mike New in his eighth year in there with the Cardinals. Mark Stoops in his 11th year there in Lexington with Kentucky. What about this Kentucky team? Devin Leary coming over from NC State quarterback-wise, and then Ball State. Uh, Kelly and uh, Blazek both uh, battling for quarterback. I believe Kelly got the job. What's your take here? Ball State catching 26, 49 and a half in Lexington. I think it's going to be Lane Hatcher at quarterback for Ball State. Uh, so he'll be the quarterback. Uh, I I think the money. I don't think I know the money's coming on the over, and I agree with it. I lean over. And Hatcher was one of two at Arkansas State, right? Yep, and was at Texas State. Yeah, he's been all over originally at Alabama. Kid's got a strong arm, very experienced. All right, then a game that we probably differ in, just because Uh-oh. I'm a fan of Shane Beamer, Beamer and uh, South Carolina. I, I again, I'm one of those guys that just uh, you know made a little bit of coin last year on. Um, my man Spencer Rattler, and uh, tell you what, McDowell's pretty good running back, and I, I tell you, I think this kid Wells is absolutely a game breaker, and I think he can have a big time game uh, for South Carolina. But I do respect Drake May and Mac Brown's team, especially uh, you know with Lindsey calling the plays there, offense coordinator Chiswick's their defensive coordinator. The heels right now minus two and a half, sixty four and a half. But I'm going to tell you, South Carolina wins the game. There you go. I lean North Carolina minus two and a half. Made it three. All right, so that'll be our fun. Yeah, I'll take okay. it straight. I'll take it straight up there. I'll take uh, South Carolina. Just the battle there from Charlotte should be a fun game. That's a four thirty Pacific time game. That should be a pretty good game. Do you, you expect it to be close? That is the game of the day on Saturday, as far as competitively good teams matched up. Big swing game for both teams, both conferences. That game day is there. Deserves to be there. That's the best game Saturday night. All right. Wisconsin minus 28 and Luke, Fick, Luke Fickle's debut, of course, coming over from Cincinnati, head coach against Buffalo and uh, Maurice Lindquist. Third year, 11 and 14, you know, not at 500. And uh, we're seeing what Leopold's doing over there at Kansas, doing an outstanding job uh, for the Jayhawks. Wisconsin minus 28, Camp Randall, a place that I've been to. I may make it there if I can work it out schedule wise for October 14th against Iowa. Okay. So I've got that's a night game, game, I think, on NBC. Is it okay? Because yeah. uh, my wife's like, "Come on, can you can you pull it off? Can you get the hoaxer to cover you?" I said, "I don't know, man. I'd have to have hoaxer uh, doing the show with Benia and uh, running the show, and I, I I don't know if I could trust the two Marx brothers together. <laughs> uh, that would be uh, uh, just an, a Friday football fiasco in its own right." But Wisconsin minus twenty eight. What about it? Uh, this team's got a lot of transfers, including Tanner Mordecai, their quarterback. 
Uh, DK's pretty good receiver coming back. C.J. Williams, good transfer. And he brings a bunch of guys, Fickle does, from Cincinnati, including a couple centers. Renfro, a real good one. Uh, Renfro's out for oh, is a he while, out? yeah. What about Huber? Huber will play. Okay, so then, yeah, you got both of those guys, I believe. So now... Uh, your take as far as this one, 28's a lot of points, but yeah. you know they said they're going to throw the ball. And when you have Braylon Allen and Malusi coming back in the backfield, you would think they're going to still run the ball. But I don't see in the Big Ten, even the top four teams, I don't see really outside of one Wisconsin lineman. I mean, usually you know, you'd see them first three teams. There'd be three or four of the guys. Yeah, I mean, I'm part of this move on Wisconsin. It's one of the biggest line moves. But, man, I'm waiting for 28.5. I'm going to play back a little bit Buffalo here. Uh I you know they got cluster injuries at tight end too Wisconsin four tight ends down right now so uh, I I just I I don't see it once it gets to twenty and a half I'm betting Buffalo all right so Cundiff Pugh Eskenbach and Rucci and then you got uh, Rucci's the only one there right now Rucci's the only one there okay so that's who will be playing Hayden Rucci will be playing tight end there wow that is crazy how stuff like that happens at one position we remember it happening throughout different teams quarterbacks one year and and you end up having you know position players playing quarterback it is nuts Uh, jump one more in there and then we'll take our final break of the evening Uh, Utah State Blake Anderson in Iowa City against Iowa Hawkeyes minus 24 45 your total Look, uh, Ference and the boys always have trouble with the offense, but Cade McNamara would be a guy that can upgrade that offense. There's no question, but he's banged up. You don't even know if he'll go. So, you know, and Reganey was uh, banged up as well. Pretty good wide receiver coming back. What about it? Can uh, uh, can Utah State hang in there? Yeah, I think McNamara's 50-50 to play. I mean, my number's like Iowa, but I don't like laying a lot of points. It's just a, uh, it's too much uncertainty right now. I don't like Utah State this year. I know you do, KT. No, I no, don't. I don't. No, yeah, I, I don't. really don't. I, yeah, they're I a team. They're, they're a go-against for me. Yeah, they're a go-against team. So, originally, I liked Iowa quite a bit in this game. Right now, there's just, you know, I, I wanted McNamara healthy and playing. In fact, I will say this. I think Utah State beats Idaho State, the Bengals at home, they may not win another game till they get to Nevada late in the season and then at New Mexico to close. One of my, I made 165 win total bets. One of my absolute favorites was under six on Utah State. Yeah, and I, if they get over four, I'll be surprised. Yep. Final break of the uh, evening. Come back, pick it up. The boys from Champaign are in action on Saturday. Illinois at home against Toledo. Got a bunch of good games we'll get to. We may not get to all of them, but we'll get to the key games, including the big one on Sunday with LSU and Florida State. SportsX Radio 101.5 FM. Dawn streaming live on the Odyssey app. Ken Thompson, Brad Powers, producer Mark Benia. We go to our final break. We're coming right back live from Vegas. Final segment here on a uh, Fat Tuesday. KT coming back with Brad Powers. Mark Benia spinning the hits here. Orioles won. You heard the Oriole magic there. So, Hoke, if you're listening, buddy, yes, we took care of your Orioles. 34 games over 500. We're going to roll through as many college football games as we can real quick before we get out of here in about 11 minutes. So, let's get to it. Toledo and Illinois. This should be a good one. The boys from the Glass Bowl. Jason Candle in his eighth year against Brett Bielema in his third year. And even though Illinois lost a lot, Altmeyer, the quarterback, Reggie Love's pretty good running back, McCray's a good running back. I like Illinois because I like teams that Bielema coaches in the trenches. I think he just takes advantage. And I know Toledo's one of those finesse teams and usually scores. But, and Daquan Finn's a heck of an athlete, no question about it. Uh, I, I like Illinois. I think they're a dark horse in the western half of the Big Ten. Perfect handicap. I like Illinois at the line of scrimmage in this one. I think right now with Illinois, I think Wisconsin under Bielema, and when they had the physical advantage, they just run over these teams. 
last opener, last year's opener against Wyoming. The whole world has bet Wyoming, and just Illinois just crushed them. TCU, 20-and-a-half against Colorado. I know you bet big against Colorado as far as their win total. Sean Lewis comes over from the MAC. He's offensive coordinator there for Dion, And, of course, Shador Sanders got to meet him over there at the uh, Mountain West, or the uh, uh, Pac-12 Media Day over there at Resorts World. What about Colorado, TCU? What a magical year it was for TCU and Sonny Dykes last year, but we know it's going to take a turn for the worse this year. can only go down, basically, based on what they did last year. Too much uncertainty. I think 20 and a half is the right number, uh, so I wouldn't bet it at current number. 64-year total. Sam Houston State, like Jacksonville State, making their debut uh, this year as a FBS team, and they are catching 19 and a half in Provo, 46 and a half year total. Keaton Slovis, the USC transfer that went to Pitt and is now in Provo for BYU and uh, Sataki. What about it? Can the Cougs roll at home uh, against Keegan Shoemaker, the quarterback there for the Bearcats? Pretty good FCS team. Yeah, I think they're going to start, though, Grant Gannell for Sam Houston State. Uh, been transferred all over the place. A uh, lot of money on Sam Houston State in the under here. Let's see how far the line goes down. i actually starting to show some value on BYU. Gannell, was, that, was that the old ASU guy? Grant Gannell. U of A. U of yeah, he played U of at a. Arizona. He's been at North yes. Texas. He's been at Memphis. This is his fourth different program. Yes, U of A, though. I remember that's where he started, I think. Yeah. Uh, let's go back and uh, Texas Tech, Wyoming. And, uh, boy, Taj Brooks, pretty good running back. Shuck, the quarterback. Uh, Wyoming, boy, I don't know about Peasley. I mean, I do know that they've got yeah. a heck of a defense, and they've got some players. Easton Gibbs is a stud and a half, and they've got some playmakers big time on that D. What about it uh, for Coach Bowl? Uh, Wyoming at home, they're plus 14, 50 and a half your total. A lot of money on the under, I agree with that, but I also think the favorite's the right side here. I just don't see how Wyoming has much success offensively. Coach Dicker joined me on Friday. Wazoo, they're at Colorado State. Coach Norvell got to talk to him over there, Mountain West Media Day at the Circa. They're plus 11 in Fort Collins, 54.5. I know they've made up ground, but I don't think they've made up that much uh, ground. Uh, they are in Fort Collins. I expect them to come out and play hard. Clay Millen, the transfer from Nevada, doesn't do anything for me. Cam Ward, to me, and Nakia Watson could have a field day. Kyle Williams, Josh Kelly, DJ Sheffield, they've got some transfer guys uh, receiving core, and I like Dickard. I think Dickard's a good coach. So a lot of money on Colorado State. Uh, but let, let's see how far this line moves. I mean, I'm a guy that's plus 17, plus 16 in pocket, but if it goes to 10, I'm laying in with Washington State. USC minus 38-67, your total against Nevada. I'm not sold Nevada under uh, Ken Wilson has upgraded much. I know Brendan Lewis is the transfer there quarterback-wise. Maybe they can move it. 38 seems like a lot, but I'll tell you what. San Jose State, they were fortunate to lose by 28, and that's because they have Cordero, and Cordero's the best quarterback maybe in the Mountain West. I think USC wins this game 55-3. to Okay, that can be our other bet because I, I watched Nevada's spring game and they have uh, nine Power 5 transfers that will be in the starting lineup, all from the Pac-12. I think they, they I'm never laying points with this USC defense, so give me Nevada plus 38. No doubt, Alex Grinch, but I will say this, that Cordero is I agree. He made I about agree. three or four plays that this kid Millen's not going to be able to make at all. Well, so, it's not Millen, it's Brendan Lewis. He I'm can sorry. Run around. Yeah, you're right. Lewis can run around. I'm sorry. Uh, Boise State, they're catching 14.5 against Washington. Uh, Kalen DeBoer's got a hell of a squad. Best receiving core, at least the top three of Dunsey, Polk, and McMillan. They are outstanding. And Michael Penix Jr., a lot of fun to talk to there at Media Day. Taylor Green's pretty good as well. Halani and Genty, yeah. uh, pretty good combination. And this is going to be a fun game. Uh, it won't, won't, won't surprise me if Boise State stays within the number, but I can't go against Washington out of the gate. Yeah, you know they what did I, lose their starting running back, though, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they'll be all right, though. Uh, 
I laid 14, but it's just a bet. Uh, it's more of a popcorn game for me. All right. Coastal Carolina at UCLA. Remember last year, UCLA almost lost to South Alabama out of the Sun Belt. Uh, Chip Kelly, pretty good squad, though. And this one under the radar because they're sixth best as far as on paper uh, in the Pac-12. But I think this team's dangerous. Again, quarterback lot. Hinges right there on uh, Garbers. Uh, Moore was uh, battling. But Grayson McCall is back for Coastal Carolina, and that's why I think they have a chance to hang in this game. They're catching 14.5-66 the total. I didn't touch it, but uh, I don't want to lay the points out of the gate with UCLA. But I think the defense is going to be pretty good. I'm going to see how high the total goes. I, I'll go under. So um, Garbers is going to play, but it sounds like Dante Moore and Schley is also going to get snaps at quarterback for UCLA. Milrose, Simpson, Buckner, uh, Coach Saban saying, nah, no decision yet, no depth chart, don't need it, distraction. McClellan and Williams in the backfield. Look, there's players all over the place for Alabama. What about the Crimson Tide? 39 their favorite, 51.5 against Middle Tennessee State. We know Stockstill always has a team that at least will stick around and uh, play with some heart. Sharp money's on the under, wouldn't play it now. Uh, man, I would actually play Middle Tennessee now, plus 39, anything above 38. All right, you did make a big wager as far as Auburn and UMass. You got to see UMass last week, head coach Don Brown. The offense got off to a pretty good start. Uh, Famicon, the uh, quarterback, played a pretty good game, and now they're going to go to Auburn. They're getting right now 35 points, but it was higher than that when you gave it out yesterday. Yeah, you know, moved to point and a half. I uh, just thought it was much more likely to drop to 35 than go back up to 38. So, I mean, you don't have to be Elon Musk to figure some of this stuff out, folks. But uh, UMass. Totally different team. 20-plus transfers, a lot of Power 5 kids. Watch them. Just watch them play. This is not the worst team in the country. Peyton Thorne, the transfer from Michigan State, he beat out Robbie Ashford, the transfer from yep. Oregon there for Auburn. Uh, New Mexico, Danny Gonzalez at Texas A&M against Jimbo Fisher. And uh, looking at that game, 39 A&M the favorite, 48.5 your total. I, I think A&M could win by that, but uh, they may not push it. Uh, but they are going to push him around on the line of scrimmage. I think you hit the nail on the head. I don't have much interest in this game. South Florida, Western Kentucky. We know Western Kentucky, uh, hell of an offense, but they lose their coordinator. Tyson Helton, uh, Clay's uh, brother, is there in his fifth year there for the Hilltoppers. Uh, your take on this one with South Florida coming to call him. Western Kentucky favored 11 and a half. They still have Austin Reed, the gunslinger, 71 the total. Let's see how high the total goes. I'm on, let's go under. That's a very high total uh, with the new clock rules. JT Daniels there for Rice, and they're going to be in Austin against Texas. Longhorns under Sarkeesian, favored by 35 big ones, 59 your total. Yeah, let's see if it moves off a of 30. It's pretty much been stuck on 35 all summer. If it goes to 35 and a half, I could be interested in Rice because Texas has Alabama on deck, and I think they put the offense away in the second half. Yeah, but then Arch Manning, does he get in and just ah, get to show a off point. a little bit, Malik right? Murphy could play, too. Mm-hmm. He's, he was the, the better player in but the But you're a fan game. of yours. You liked him last year before yeah, the competition like was yeah, finished. Yeah, I do. All right. Uh, I enjoy watching the kid play as well. Houston minus, uh, they're actually plus at home against UTSA. Jeff Trailer in his fourth year. What a job he's done with the Roadrunners. He's 30 and 10 straight up. Dana Holgerson found a way to get to a bowl game last year and get the team to a power five conference. And that got him a million dollar bonus right there. So uh, he had a nice contract uh, set up and, and ready to roll. What about it? San, San Antonio minus two at Houston, 16 and a half. Let's see if it goes to three. Uh, if it does, Houston for me. All right. Big, too. Would be a play. That would be a big one. Okay, Justin Wilcox in his seventh year against Eric Morris in his first year there for the Mean Green of uh, North Texas. And uh, Sam Jackson, the fifth, did win the starting job there for Cal. And we know Jay Nott is back. That kid can flat out run the ball. Cal minus six and a half on the road, 54 the total. 
So I love Cal, but I don't love the, you know, I'm hearing reports it's going to be 100 degrees and the heat. Cal might not be ready. Fez loves North Texas in this game. Give me Cal, though. All right, three minutes to go, so we got to roll. Tennessee minus 28 against Virginia, whose uh, best defensive player I think is out now, 56-year total from Knoxville. Hearing rumors that this is going to get moved to Neyland Stadium, so I wouldn't bet it right now. Army, UL Monroe, Terry Bowden's boys catching 10 at home against Army. Uh, pass at 10. All right, uh, South Alabama at Tulane. Could have rain here uh, in New Orleans. Uh, Tulane outdoors now, minus 6. 52-year total against the Jaguars of uh, South Alabama and uh, Womack's team. Money's coming in on South Alabama. I disagree. I'll lay the points with Tulane. SMU minus 20, 66 and a half. Sonny Cumbie, I'll tell you, he's very fortunate to win. Bachmeyer did not look impressive to me. Yeah, 20's a pass, but I think SMU's the right side. West Virginia, Penn State. What do you got? Neil Brown in his fifth year. He's under some fire there against James Franklin, who's got a pretty darn good team. Uh, Penn State minus 20 and a half, 50-year total. Let's see if we can get a 21. I think the dog's the right side. All right. Then Sunday, you like Northwestern, you said, with Pat, yep. Fitz- well, Pat Fitzgerald, of course, is out. So their uh, coordinator, uh, defense coordinator took over there. And that line right now is six and a half. Rutgers' favorite, six and a half. Yeah, with a total, a yeah, with a total of 39 and a half. Nobody wants to bet Northwestern. I want to bet Northwestern. LSU two and a half with Jaden Daniels, fifteen pounds of muscle at Florida State. I mean, this is going to be a good one. Uh, this is a is it a neutral field or is it at yep, Florida? Yeah, it's State? in Orlando. Right. Uh, both teams played their very last game in Orlando at this site. Both of their bowl games are there. Florida State will have the crowd. It's uh, one of the best games of the year. Don't see it's not one of the best value games of the year. I would have to see a three to get involved on Florida State to get involved on LSU. You mean? No, three. three. To get oh, involved. I'm sorry. Yeah, LSU's yeah. favorite two and a half. That's yeah. right. Fifty six and a half your total. Oregon State, they got to see San Jose State last week and now uh they're gonna lay sixteen and a half, fifty five and a half. What about it? Can San Jose State hang in there? I love Cordero. I do, but I love Jonathan Smith more. I think lay Martinez. The Martinez is probably gonna run that ball real well. Uh but San Jose State, they played with some heart against USC and then Monday standalone game, Mike Elko at home. Can they do it with Riley Leonard against Clemson? Can they shock Dabo Sweeney in his 15th year at Duke? Right now the line is, it was 13.5, Brad, and it is 13 now. Clemson 13, 55.5. If it was 14, I'd take a shot at Duke, but I can't. Yeah, I like Clemson in the game. There you go. Brad Powers, outstanding. Got them all in there. That'll do it for us on a Tuesday. Now, Brad will be with me on Thursdays throughout the football season. Tomorrow night, I'm back at Steiner's. Thanks to Mark Benia filling in, and thanks to Coach Calhoun. Till tomorrow, you know the rules. No drinking and driving, no texting and driving. Most of all, God bless our troops. God bless you. Live from Vegas Sports X Radio, 101.5 FM, Dawn streaming live on that Odyssey app. Rewind feature ready to roll in just a little bit. God bless. Have a great evening. Good night, everybody.